2: You've got this tug of war going on between
3: the government and the Bank of England. That doesn't lead to a stable situation. We must face up to the fact that for too long our economy has not grown enough.
4: I'm prepared to do what it takes to get us through these difficult times, to get us through this difficult winter, and to come out stronger as a country.
3: You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics, your daily guide to the corridors of power. I'm Ewan Potts.
5: And I'm Stephen Carroll. Today, Liz Truss clings to the keys of number 10 after 24 hours that have seen resignations, unresignations, a vote that was and then wasn't and then was again, a confidence motion, and MPs being apparently manhandled in and out of voting lobbies.
3: Well, our political reporter Alex Wickham will tell us what he's been hearing around Westminster and what he thinks will happen next. That's as the chairman of the 1922 committee is currently meeting the Prime Minister at Downing Street.
5: Plus, the politics professor John Tong from the University of
3: Liverpool tells us why this crisis smells a bit like 1997. First, Stephen, hard to believe it's only been 24 hours since Prime Minister's Questions, and we were talking yesterday, of course, that that would be the big test uh, for Liz Truss. That uh, yeah, little did we know. <laughs>
5: Indeed, little did we know, indeed, I mean, even Leeds Trust's own spokesperson has described that or acknowledged that Wednesday was a difficult day, which I think in a day of political superlatives, it's quite refreshing to have some understatement uh, involved for this as well. Um, Like, Let's be fair, at the moment, British politics is strong season finale energy, I think we can say. Um, We've had... Suella so Braverman resigning after PMQ, saying that she hoping that things will magically come right is not serious politics. That was in her resignation letter. We had that shambles in Parliament over voting on the fracking bill and whether or not it was a confidence vote. The apparent resignation of the whip and uh, deputy chief whip. Uh, that, according to Downing Street, they're staying on. It's all changing so quickly at the moment. Even the Labour leader Keir Starmer says he's struggling to keep up.
4: I have to say, with everything going on, I'm a bit nervous to turn my phone off for half an hour, 45 minutes. We really don't know what will have happened by the time we turn it back on.
3: Well, Starmer's not the only one with his phone on. Bloomberg's UK politics reporter, Alex Wickham, also been furiously keeping his eye on the news today. Now, Alex, in your piece with uh, Kitty Donaldson, you put it quite eloquently that in just six weeks in office, Trust has already triggered a run on the pound, been bailed out by the Bank of England, abandoned almost her entire policy platform and fired her political, uh, her closest political ally.
4: Uh, Do you think things are going to get even worse? It feels like it's it's heading to the end game, doesn't it? I uh, speaking to even people close to Liz Trust today, they do think that it's nearly over privately. It, that it's a matter of days, hours, even uh, as to as to as to how long she she does hold on. I mean, it, I've been doing this job for twelve years. I've I've never seen anything like yesterday. Absolutely. Just ridiculous day in Westminster. There's some of the mo- some of the most extraordinary scenes in in the voting lobbies last night, a resignation and an unresignation of the of the chief whip. I mean, it, it it doesn't get crazier than this. The situation today is that Tory MPs are looking for a, a way to engineer the the end of, of Liz Truss's administration and. They're not agreed yet on how to do that, but that that is the the only conversation that's taking place.
5: What are the options then? What what are the potential exit ramps for Liz Truss?
4: The the main one is that just simply the pressure becomes unbearable on Liz Truss and she resigns of of her own volition. You remember with Boris Johnson just a few months ago, it wasn't really a mechanism that that forced him out. It was it was just a deluge scandal after scandal. Resignation after resignation. He just felt at the end that he couldn't really form a plausible government. That his government was no longer realistically operating, and as a result, he 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 had little option other than to resign. and And that's the most likely outcome. It's just the pressure becomes so great on on this trust from her own cabinet, from her own MPs, that she has to go and, and and announce that she's that she's standing down. If she doesn't do that, if she just refuses to budge. Then we get into how does the Conservative Party change its leadership rules? Currently, the leader is technically protected from, from a challenge for a year after they take office. Two-thirds of MPs, though, if if two-thirds of MPs write to Sir Graham Brady, the, the chair of the 1922 committee, they can change the rules. They can, they can get her out sooner. We're not there yet, but it feels like we're not far off.
3: Because Liz Ross certainly doesn't seem to be showing any signs of being about to go she has that sort of uh, that sort of air of confidence doesn't she in a way that uh, you know i compare with 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 boris johnson or or with with you know with theresa may who certainly didn't have that but uh, assuming that she she doesn't go talk us through the process with with graham brady uh, other than the two-thirds thing i mean there have been rumors that maybe a third of mps needs put in letters or perhaps a half
4: it is really a matter of judgment isn't it somewhat for, for graham brady there are no hard and fast rules, really. Um, another factor is that you know, at the beginning of the week, Graham Brady was, was privately telling MPs that he, he didn't really want to change the leader and he'd set the threshold really high at, at two thirds of MPs to change the rules. However, his position as 1922 committee chair could also become under threat if he refuses to budge and there's a clear majority of Tory MPs who want trust to go you know that they could decide to hold a vote of confidence in graham brady even a, a sort of a leadership election within a leadership election uh and and you know if graham brady was to feel that he was under pressure in his position as 1922 chair he might lower that threshold and like you say we've heard that it could be a half it could be a third the, the reality is it's up to graham brady when that he delivers the message to this trust that that the party thinks that her time is up and she no longer has the confidence of the party and that the party is moving to change the rules against her. Graham Brady's meeting Liz Truss literally right now in Downing Street. We obviously don't know what how that conversation is going, but it is inevitable that perhaps at some point that conversation will happen.
5: We'll, we'll, we'll go somewhere. Who are the key players to watch for, uh, perhaps key allies of Liz Truss that could be the people to convince her to go
4: or perhaps the specter of more resignations? She doesn't have many allies. Um, there are people in her cabinet who, who you know, she's close to the Therese Coffees of the world, Amory marie and people like that who... Yeah, you know, as with Boris Johnson, when he had that cabinet delegation of people coming to him in that final couple of days saying, come on, Prime Minister, the game's up. Well,
5: yeah, Marie Trillian hasn't been terribly um, supportive this morning when she's been speaking, saying that, you know, at the moment, that is the case that Liz Truss would lead the Conservatives into the next election, mm. but nothing more enthusiastic than that.
4: And that says it all. She's pretty loyal. And if she's saying that publicly, you can only imagine the sort of conversations that are taking place privately. Um, I mean, I've been speaking to some Liz Truss aides and, and you know, they also think... It's, it's, it's not long now. So often it's, it's sort of a fascinating psychological uh, phenomenon, but leaders are the last person to realise that they're on the way out. And, you know, it happened with Boris Johnson. It, it looks like it's happening with Liz Truss. They always overstay their welcome. They always try to cling desperately onto power, even though everybody else can see that it's, it's not going to happen. It, 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 everyone around her is increasingly coming to the view that it's only a matter of time.
3: I mean, the problem, of course, is is not just the process, but also who takes over. And this is is an enormous problem, isn't it, for the Tories? Um, Sunak is the favourite with bookies. Uh, I was looking on Betfair this morning. Five to two uh, for Sunak. Uh, But, of course, uh, many people hugely dislike Sunak. He's seen as the person who stuck the knife into Boris Johnson. So all the Bojo people... Don't want Rishi Sunak. Jeremy Hunt is the second favourite at five to one. But Hunt comes from a very particular wing of the party and he's not popular with the right. Uh, ben Wallace, 10 to one. Perhaps he could be a caretaker leader. But the idea of a caretaker leader, given we've had so many prime ministers,
4: uh, sorry, that's not going to f- fly either. There's really no sort of e- easy option, is there? And that's the reason, essentially, why Liz Truss is still prime minister today. You know, if there if there was anything approaching a, a, a non messy uh, outcome, it would have happened by now. Because, by all accounts, after you know Liz, Liz Truss uh, mini budget crash that crashed the markets, you know that that was an to reverse her entire uh, political worldview. That was that was a pretty much the end of, of her as a as a, her, her as a political project. The reason that she's still in is that, as as you say, there isn't an obvious replacement and the party just can't agree. I've been hearing about conversations between cabinet ministers, between MPs in different factions of the party last night and this morning, trying to come up with a way of finding one person that they could unite behind or even two people that could go to a vote among MPs. Could it be Rishi Sunak versus Jeremy Hunt? Could it be Penny Morden versus ben wallace or something like that but they can't even agree on two people let alone you know one person and the problem is the party is so divided after 12 years in government the visceral loathing between the different factions and even within the individual factions of the party is just so personal it's so brutal that there is just no non Hunger Games outcome of this, that we end up with, you know, four or five or more people saying, I want to be prime minister, I'm putting myself forward. And then, you know, we, you could imagine a situation, to be honest, where Liz Trust does find the pressure is too much. She does announce that she's resigning. And then what? There's no plan. Four or five people say, I want to be Prime Minister. They can't agree on an individual person. Imagine the horse trading that would take place in the 24 hours that follows as the Tory party tries to stitch up something resembling a credible leadership contest among MPs and tries to get this over with as quickly as possible. It would just be the most extraordinary Hunger Games you yeah. know, death spiral.
5: Is this, though, what could potentially keep Liz Truss in the job for longer while they try to figure this out?
4: Absolutely, Liz Truss, you know, in, 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 her, in her attempts to be clinging on to power, will be absolutely taking, taking something from the fact that there is still conversations ongoing and still no nothing resembling uh, an outcome among the rebels as, as, as a person or to, to back as her replacement. That is going to be her pitch to the party. Keep me because it's not going to be any better with anybody else.
3: Yeah, surely that's the, the danger that uh, she's forced to go when there's, there's nothing to go to. Do you think there's there's a chance that she that she would do that? I mean, that would be
4: really sort of pull, pulling the ring out of the hand grenade, wouldn't it? It would. I mean, Boris Johnson did that. There was no plan with Boris Johnson. That's how he ended up with Liz Truss as Prime Minister. The Tory MPs were pretty clear that they, they didn't want Boris Johnson to be Prime Minister anymore after scandal, after scandal. But there wasn't an obvious successor. You know, Rishi Sunak went for it, didn't get it. Liz Truss sort of came through the pack and and emerged as the sort of right wing choice for the for the party and the MPs and the members. You can clearly see that that hasn't gone very well, and you know the party will be worried about what comes next. You talk there are conversations about people like Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, who resigned yesterday. Even her, people like her considering running from, from the right wing of the party. You know, you know, there are many people in the Conservative Party who would, who would not think that that would be a, a welcome outcome of any, any leadership contest, as perhaps remote as that chance is. The fact that that we're not at a point where, even close to it being obvious, who could be uh, a, a candidate to take over, let mm-hmm. alone a unity candidate, is the reason that, that Trust still is in office today.
5: Is there any chance that this ends in an election, do you think?
4: It's really hard to see how we get to an election for the simple reason that Tory MPs have to vote for it to happen. And looking at the polls, the Labour are sort of 30, 36 points ahead in the polls. That would mean wipeout for large, you know, for huge swathes of the Tory party and Tory MPs. Lots of these people, it's their livelihood, it's their income. You know, they want to be politicians. They Even if they're inevitably going to lose at the next election, they want to be politicians for the next couple of years. That means it's always unlikely Tory MPs are going to vote for an election at the moment. However, if there is deadlock, if there is total political stalemate, mm. it is not beyond the realms of possibility that, 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 that an election is where we edu- end up just because there's no other outcome.
3: Alex, I'm interested to get your take on uh, the appointment of Grant Shapps as, as Home uh, Secretary. List Trust seems to be sort of finally widening the tent and sort of bringing in people from... Uh, outside her narrow group of backers. it always struck me as uh, as a slightly uh, poor decision to sort of only have the cabinet stuffed with with, with with trussites because that is that is not the majority of the parliamentary party, is it? Do you think this is uh, a sensible
4: pivot or is this just purely done out of kind of desperation? It's desperation. It shows that she has absolutely no authority and, and power left. Grant Shapps was privately but nonetheless pretty unsubtly plotting against Liz Truss, you know, pretty much yesterday morning before he was appointed. You know, certainly within the last week he was having conversations with MPs saying, might you consider me as a as a unity candidate to replace Mm. Liz Truss? By the end of the day, he was appointed by this trust to one of the most senior roles in the cabinet. That just shows the fact that she has to appoint essentially an enemy who has. You know, Grant Chaps gave a gave a podcast interview to to set the other day saying that you know trust's time was up and there was no way out for her, yeah. and now he's in the cabinet. Okay. You know, the situation is farcical. It just shows that she is you know, truly in office and out of power. Right. And having to appoint total enemies to uh, to surround her, you know, when the situation is like that, again, that's another reason why I just can't continue. Good
1: song, the Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip.
4: Who do you
0: think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
1: And I'm Skip Bronson.
5: Okay, farcical and fast-moving. Alex Wickham, thank you so much for bringing us up to date with all of the movements from Westminster. We will continue to monitor this story. I want to bring you our interview, though, with John Tung, the Professor of Politics at the University of Liverpool. We asked him to characterise how serious a crisis this is for Liz Truss.
2: I think it's 10 out of 10 in terms of the scale of crisis. Uh, I've been observing politics for 40 years, and I've not seen chaos like this Except, of course, for the last time when Boris Johnson's government w- w- was disintegrating when you had 59 resignations in one evening. I mean, but, but Liz Truss is a prime minister in name only uh, at present. She has no real grip on power. Her government is in chaos. Her home secretary's gone. She got rid of her chancellor. She's reversed every single policy uh, on which she was elected as conservative leader. And so it's, it's a government that is simply going around in circles, Um, people trying to grab the steering wheel at at present, uh, and really the the route out of it is very, very difficult because it's hard to see how you get rid rid of Liz Truss uh, if she's not prepared to resign.
3: And what about the chaos we saw in Parliament last night? I mean, it's not unusual for for there to be, you know, uh, pushing and shoving as as members go through the division lobbies, is it? But I think it's it's particularly unusual when a government has a substantial majority, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the chaos in the House of Commons was part of a wider problem. No one actually knows what is happening at the top of the Conservative Party because Conservative MPs were told there's a three-line whip on this and that it's a vote of confidence uh, in the government. You have to support the government tonight on fracking, uh, otherwise you will have the whip removed, you will no longer be a Conservative MP. And we've had contradictory messages uh, ever since that as to whether it was, in effect, a vote of confidence in the government or not. And the changes of mind angered Conservative MPs so much that in the lobby there were actually ugly scenes in which people were nearly coming to blows over that. That's, uh, you know, if that's not indicative of a government that is rudderless, then I don't know what is. I mean, of course, there are rows, uh, you know, over parliamentary votes and parliamentary divisions and parliamentary tactics, but not on a scale where people are nearly coming to blows, party colleagues nearly fighting each other and, and I don't think that Liz Truss as prime minister can really get a grip on that and, and turn things around. But with no agreed successor in place, the, the difficulty is in terms of the mechanics. How do you get rid of Liz Truss, given that formally there cannot be a challenge to her for more than 10 months? Uh, or, you know, can you force a resignation from her? That really is the question confronting the Conservative Party today. If Is there any way
5: that Liz Truss could actually survive this. Are there any past crises that can be instructive that Prime Ministers have faced that perhaps there could be a way out?
2: Yes, Liz Trust could survive by default because there is no agreed successor. Various names are being bandied about. Rishi Sunak as runner-up, most obviously, in the leadership contest. Penny Mordaunt, who performed very well in that leadership contest. Jeremy Hunt, the new Chancellor Or even a return for Boris Johnson, which would command the favour of party members, but not necessarily Conservative MPs. So there are four potential possibilities, I think, as a replacement Prime Minister. But whether Conservative MPs are sufficiently united to coalesce around any one of those names to get an agreed successor and how that will play with Conservative Party members who have just voted for this trust, after all, um, I think is a moot question. Uh, That's the problem. There's a big split between uh, among MPs and there's divisions between MPs and Conservative Party members. There isn't an agreed successor. If there was, I think mistrust would have already departed.
3: And there's the difficulty of Graham Brady's job, not something you'd uh, uh, envy at the moment in terms of uh, the mechanism of Of finding a replacement, if if that's what MPs want, there is there is talk that uh, Graham Brady is insisting that half of MPs need to submit that submit submit letters uh, asking for trust to go. Although we're not sure of that, what what do you think the way forward should should be for for Graham Brady?
2: Well, Graham Brady cannot unilaterally
3: change the rules of the 1922 committee, and those rules are
2: that uh, a new Conservative Party leader is not subject to challenge for one year. So there'd still be more than ten months. Uh, for Liz Truss to go. In, technically, by the rules, she's safe. But should the volume of correspondence demanding the removal of Liz Truss uh, that, that reaches Graham Brady be of such a level uh, that in terms of real politic, you know, her position is untenable, then I think that Graham Brady, in conjunction with the executive of the 1922 committee, may be moved to seek an emergency change to the rules which would allow a, a new leadership contest Uh, If, if, you know, nearly half the Parliamentary Party are writing to him saying we don't want uh, Liz Truss as leader, I don't think Graham Brady can simply ignore that. I mean, he is the shop steward of, of the Conservative Parliamentary Party. MPs expect him to have the ear of the Prime Minister and tell her exactly where it's at. So, you know... I think that you could see a change of rules. It would have to be agreed by the executive committee. It would probably have to be voted upon by conservative MPs. You change the rules, and then Liz Truss's you know, position is, is even more insecure. I think it's inconceivable that if there was a new leadership contest that Liz Truss would stand again. I mean, the humiliation would be too great. So it's a, I think it's a question of whether the 1922 committee can force her out by changing the rules or whether she just looks at the, at the political vista and thinks, you know what? This is too much. Uh, it, there's no point in me trying to carry on. I, didn't, I simply don't have the confidence of the country, my party, uh, my parliamentary party. It's over.
5: Is there a precedent for having the second change of a prime minister without a general election?
2: I can't recall one. That we, you, you've had changes of prime minister, of course, midterm, and, and because we don't live in a presidential system, then it's perfectly admissible to change... Um, the Prime Minister, by simply changing the leader of the ruling party. I I still don't think a a second change of Conservative leader would produce a general election. Why on earth would the Conservatives call an election when they're trailing Labour by, on some polls, more than 30 percentage points? The Conservatives would be annihilated if they were to call a general election. There's no chance uh, of that. It would be electoral suicide for Conservatives to do that. They're not going to do that. They, I mean, the one advantage the Conservatives have is a reasonable amount of time. The next election doesn't have to be called until January 2025. And what they hope now is that the markets have stabilised, with the new Chancellor in place, the pound rallies, uh, the deficit is cut, uh, and the economic mood music improves. So to give them a chance to cut that deficit uh, before the next election. So the Conservatives aren't going to be calling an election. You could change You've completely changed the Conservative Party leader ten times between now and January 2025. I still don't think there'll be a general election,
3: John. I'm interested to get your thoughts on how much this is about Liz Truss's personality and how much this is about um, a, a radical uh, agenda which was not agreed in the 2019 manifesto. I'm just thinking, you know, if the economy, if markets had been different and the mini budget had uh, had flown, hadn't sunk, would we still be in this in this kind of situation?
2: Yeah, there's no doubt that the the run on the markets uh, has done for Liz Truss because it was quite clear from a whole range of organisations, the International Monetary Fund, the Institute of Fiscal Studies, the fact that it wasn't run past the Office of Budget Responsibility. A whole range of institutions were unimpressed by the Truss-Karteng fiscal plans, which they argued simply didn't stack up. Uh, It was a very radical direction, and you you can argue that was not what the Conservatives were elected on in 2019, although the Conservative economic strategy in 2019 that they were elected on under under Boris Johnson was barely discernible. Boris Johnson wasn't an economics man, uh, and he didn't really have a a deep economic ideology. That 2019 election was all about getting Brexit done. So in one sense, you know, you can argue trust as the democratically elected leader of the Conservative party had a, had a mandate to go down that economic route that she chose. But it was patently obvious that, you know, the financial institutions might not wear this. They didn't. And she had to reverse very, very quickly. But the supreme irony is that, you know, she, she agreed that budget, that mini budget line by line with her chancellor. And yet it was the chancellor that went, not her. Mm. And now you've seen this purge of other figures on the right of the party, Ola Braverman, the, the, the latest, um, it's almost as if a coup has taken place. It's almost as if Liz Truss didn't really believe in what she was trying to do for those couple of weeks, and doesn't really care what ideology she has, as long as she's still Prime Minister, because we've had two very different forms of Trussism within a fortnight. That's not politically credible.
5: Do you think that given the rules in the Conservative Party and the need for the mechanism to change, to be able to change leader. Could we see a repeat of the 1990s and defections, people crossing the House from from the Conservatives to Labour?
2: Yes, I think that's a possibility. People jumping ship, people fearing annihilation at at the next election. There were a number of defections in in, in the mid-1990s. We've only had one so far, Christian Wakeford, the MP for Berry South, who, who, who has gone over. He went under during Boris Johnson's leadership but yeah, I mean, there's an awful lot of Conservative MPs today fearing for their future. This does smell a little like 1997, with that Labour landslide uh, under, under Tony Blair. I mean, you can argue Keir Starmer still not seal the deal with the British people. People still don't know much about him, and they don't necessarily know what Labour stands for under him. But Keir Starmer doesn't have to do much at the moment. Quite frankly, the Conservative implosion is such that uh, on a scale that's actually worse than during the major years, which were really traumatic years for the Conservative Party uh, in, in the 1990s. I mean, you know, at the moment, Labour's, Labour needs a big swing to win the next election, but Labour's on for a colossal swing to, to the party electorally at the next election at present. And yeah, a lot of Conservative MPs will be uh, thinking about new employment, uh, and possibly some of them will think that employment might lie within the Labour Party.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anker And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens
0: when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment
1: worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from iHeart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun.
0: This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way.
1: Listen to Our Way on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.